man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. You know a lot about drugs. Oh, I live for drugs. It's great. Just lately, I freaked out on acid. I freaked out very, very badly. Are you really happy? I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all, really. Or I'm very sad. I'm not happy. This episode of the Okay Guys Last Kicker brought to you by Guys Note and Victor Rich and Plastic Object. This program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. to show number 495. It is October 18th in the year of 2022. I am the triple fake Paul Harvey filling in for Dustin and Matt this week. For those that may not be familiar with me, I died in 2009, after having an almost 90-year career in radio. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I began... My first radio show was at KVOO in Tulsa. Don't put that in the chat room. That doesn't help. Uh, Eventually, I made it to Chicago and was broadcast with ABC radio networks across the country. I had 1,200 radio stations, 400 armed force network stations, and 300 newspapers that I was a part of. But tonight... I'm filling in for the boys, and you're going to find out what the rest of the story really is. So let's start off with a birthday dedication to one Matt Stubbs, whose birthday is today, and he found that he couldn't be here to celebrate it in the temple. Which is totally understandable. I wouldn't be here either if it was my birthday. This is one of the last places I'd be unless there were a bunch of naked women dancing around. Happy birthday to you, Matt Stubbs. And may we hear from you next week. Page 2. Friday night at Lola's was another birthday celebration. 
This one for one, Susie Ramone. La Cure was the band playing on the main stage. And the crowd was absolutely huge. Susie's friends and family had coordinated a special surprise birthday. Because this was a milestone birthday for her to celebrate. Many friends and family made it in attendance, and we want to thank all of you that were able to make it and be there for her as she celebrated this milestone birthday. One of the interesting things that was at the birthday was... The gifts. (laughs) I don't know. I'm falling apart here. Already. Not even. Ten minutes. Into this broadcast. The party was fun. It was a great night under the stars. As we all sang and danced. Some of us drank. Some of us didn't. Because of dietary restrictions. (laughs) A lot of the local podcasters made it, and they formed a little round table of just talking shit to each other, and it was fun. Happy birthday, Susie. We hope it was a memorable one. Memorable one. Not one you want to think about in passing. Page three. Monday night football, the Cowboys lost to the Eagles. It was a closely played game. If you drink from the cup that is half empty. The second quarter, the Eagles ran away with the ball and scored most of their points. In fact, they are... This season, they have scored most of their points in the second quarter, being the only team in NFL history to score majority points in the second and giving up the most points in the third. The Cowboys pulled close in the third, but it was Nick Sirianni's team that took the win. Someone needs to check his drawers to make sure he didn't mess them because his Eagles finally beat the Cowboys with a backup quarterback. This was his first win over the Cowboys since he was head coach. He became head coach of the Eagles. For those that might have seen, Jill Biden was in attendance. And she led the crowd into song and dance of the Eagles Fly, Eagles, Fly. And reports are being put out that she was promptly booed off the field while chants of Let's Go Brandon filled the stadium. Now reports of that are wrong. They've been fabricated by the right. Watch what you read, people. 
You never know what's out there. I must pause for a PSA from a local network. Matt Stubbs, a man who wants to make Wataga better by fixing the potholes, by putting shit in a bag and putting it in the pothole to make Wataga safe for your children. Vote Matt Stubbs. This message paid for by the friends of Matt Stubbs. Page three. An East Chicago elementary teacher has been charged with maintaining a kill list of students and staff. Angelica Corsquello, 25, told one of her students while in class on Monday of last week that she was on the bottom of a kill list and had a kill list of both students and staff that she was threatening to kill. Two fifth grade students went to their counselor on Wednesday afternoon and reported that the teacher had made comments to them about killing herself, her students, and staff. When the principal pulled the teacher aside... She told school officials, I do want to kill myself, staff and students, and I did also make a kill list. She was promptly arrested and taken to a um, state mental hospital. She is being charged with intimidation and was being held on a $20,000 bond. Page three, four, five. Let's go page four. Page four. The White House is pushing ahead to do research on how to cool the earth, which includes reflecting sunlight back towards itself. The White House Office of Science and Technology Policy is coordinating a five-year research plan to study ways of modifying the amount of sunlight that reaches the Earth in order to temporarily temper the effects of global warming. Now, there are several types of technology being considered behind this, including stratospheric aerosol injection and marine cloud brightening and serious cloud thinning. Those that aren't aware or don't follow the threads of conspiracies when it comes to chemtrails or contrails coming from airplanes, stratospheric aerosol injection involves spraying an aerosol-like sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere. And because it has the potential to affect the entire globe, it's what almost 
always causes conspiracy theorists to wet their pants. The White House will continue this research using your tax dollars to figure out how to make the sun see itself in a mirror. Do you worry about the loss of audio signal in your day-to-day work? Do you have a studio or are you a musician that has cables running all over their practice facilities or all over the stage when they play live? Then let me recommend to you Geissnote cables. Geissnote cables are the ones that are far more superior than your average guitar center cables. Made with love and ingenuity or something. Who knows? Guys Note cables are the ones for you. Pick up Guys Note cables at guysnote.com and you'll never sound like shit again. That is, unless you don't have talent. Page 5. A naked woman chases Jehovah's Witnesses off of her porch. We've all been approached by Jehovah's Witnesses from time to time. They've come to the door... Offering to save your soul and deliver it into a paradise earth. Well, these two young men got a little more than they bargained for. Luke and John are used to being rude, are used to people being rude to them, slamming doors and even yelling at them. But for a naked woman to greet them at the door, that was quite the shock. Their message was not going to be heard at this house, and it was time to move on. The men returned to their bikes, but it turns out that Brandy wasn't yet done trying to get under their skin. A nude Brandy began speaking of her vagina as the devil's magic it contained. Take a good look at my pussy, she yelled. Succumb to my devil vagina magic. This got the attention of the pair of men, and they began to fear what may happen next as they began to pedal away. Brandy chased them down the street, but didn't make it too far. His neighbors had already informed police of an altercation involving the neighbor and the two young men. She was apprehended without incident, and after having their statements taken, the men were free to spread the word of God. And all that Brandy had to say was that her pussy had devil Vagina magic. Now a word 
from my ABC partner, Casey Kasem. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Okay, now make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This a god last goddamn time. I want somebody who uses fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that that's up tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. It's fucking ponderous, ponderous, fucking ponderous. Oh yeah, nonstop music. We're sorry about that cursing. That was Casey on a bad day. Page six. Do you or a loved one take Adderall? Well, it appears there is a widespread shortage of Adderall across the country, probably because our president takes way too much of it. Or our ex-president. Maybe they all do. Who knows? The largest Adderall manufacturer in the U.S., Teva Pharmaceuticals Industries, has said last month that labor shortages from earlier in the year disrupted production. A Teva spokesperson has said at the time that the company expects the shortages at the retail level to be resolved in coming weeks. I am slowly losing my Paul Harvey voice and it's turning into something I wasn't planning on it to. But pharmacies are now reporting shortages of ADHD treatment from an array of other drug makers. The American Society of Health System Pharmacists has reported shortages of several versions of the amphetamine from numerous manufacturers this week, as results sprout up nationwide of the impact that low supplies are having on patients who are unable to fill prescriptions. It's frightening people, Dr. Robert Shulin said. (laughs) It frightens parents who have kids who are starting school right now. It frightens adults who are reliant on the medicine to get them through the workday. Where the fuck is this voice going? Patients can't get medicines. And we get a lot of phone calls and it's a lot of extra work. And the patients have to call around to pharmacies to look and see where their supply is. It's not scary. It's not scary at all. What people don't understand is Adderall is not something you have to get a... You know, you have to have in your bloodstream. 
Not at all. You can leave. You can come in and out of it. You can just you can quit it cold. You can fire back up. Now it may make you lazy for a day, or make you feel kind of sluggish for a day. But it's not like these freaking, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, antidepressants that people take, where they have to you have to figure out the quiet the the right chemistry, and then um, you know figure out what to do with it. If, is this pill right? Is that pill right? Is this amount right? Whatever. whatever. And then go on about your life. And then it's got to be in your system for like a month before it finally starts taking hold and actually working. And then it takes a month for it to get out of your system. Anyway. I had one more story that I was going to do in Paul Harvey voice. And then I had no fucking clue what I was going to do after that. So this story blows my mind. And I'm just going to do it in regular voice. We're going to call this page seven, page eight, page nine, something down here. This is the story of Terry Thompson. And this is the actual anniversary of 10 years ago of Terry Thompson. Terry Thompson was a guy that lived out in, um, outside of Columbus, Ohio in, God, what's the name of that stupid town? It starts with a Z. Zanesville. Ohio, and he had a um, farm in which he had a ton of exotic animals. He had um, 18 Bengal tigers, bears, a ton of horses, um, a bunch of lions, uh, monkeys, uh, leopards, everything. He had a huge exotic, massive exotic ranch. And on this day, 10 years ago, um, Terry got up and he had been constantly plagued by letters from or altercations he had with local authorities about the way the animals were being contained, about how he um, was taking care of them. Uh, some of them looked like they were mistreated. Uh, PETA was constantly sending him stuff and then different, uh, wildlife organizations were constantly sending him stuff, attacking him. And the farm that many people had gone to and visited these animals over the years was starting to fall into neglect. Um, Terry had recently separated from his wife. He was upset um, about that and the way the city and everyone was coming down on him he decided that he would just go out and release all the animals into the wild well the wild of Zanesville Ohio like I said is just outside of Columbus Ohio or a little ways outside of Columbus Ohio it's a pretty um populated area and in fact when he decided he was going to let all these animals out just <laughs> a couple of miles down the road was a, uh, a soccer game a little league soccer game uh, being played that included a bunch of the townsfolks and a majority of the kids there uh, played in this little league um, little league soccer 
So Terry opened up all the cages, let them go, and the animals went wild. And they proceeded to make their way all over town. And fortunately, no one was hurt from this. The bad side of it is 48 of the 50 animals that were released were hunted down and killed by the local law enforcement. Um, that included the 18 uh, Bengal tigers. There were 17 lions. There were a uh, a few, like five or six grizzly bears. Um, luckily, uh, there were two leopards uh, that were killed. There were three others that were saved um, that weren't uh, let go. The bad thing is, is that when Terry decided to let all these guys go and um, make their way around the town, it he decided that he would take his own life and he uh, shot himself in the head. And the reports are saying that after he shot himself in the head, it looks like one of the big cats came over and grabbed him by the head and drug him around for a little bit until they let him go. But it's a crazy-ass story. You always wonder about stuff like this. Like, you know, what if someone was at the Fort Worth Zoo and just was like, yeah, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm just going to let all these animals go. You know, be free, be free. They pull a whole... Uh, uh, Jason Muse in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they go to rescue the uh, orangutan. Or the, it was a chimpanzee, wasn't it? It was a chimpanzee. Named Suzanne. It's all that they wanted in the world. But yeah, pretty wild story. Pretty, pretty stinking wild story. And I thought it was just uh, fitting that, that uh, the anniversary of it fell on today. Now, I'm out of stories, and this was where Paul Harvey was really going to end, and then I was just going to ride off into the sunset and um, release my dogs into the uh, street before um, I wasn't going to take my own life, but for maybe just, like, I would release them into the wild and then take a shot of whiskey. And they'd be like, yeah, all right. Um, Do have an email here, and I meant to do this in Paul Harvey voice, but oh well. We'll call this uh, page seven. Got an email from a C. Wallace. C. Wallace has been sending this email. Uh, We've been arguing about this all day around the shop. This morning I asked the guys what their favorite band is. The choices were Hendrix, The Clash, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and Deep Purple. Out of those choices, you had to pick out who was the best. Anyway, it's turned into a heated argument around here, so I want you guys to settle this once and for all. I'm going with the obvious uh, Black Sabbath, because that's what it's got to be, right? Let me know what you guys think. See Wallace. Well, Mr. Wallace, this looks like a form email, so thanks for sending us a form email. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go with, it's either going to be, I mean, Led Zeppelin stole all their music, right? 
I mean, it's kind of uh, well known that Led Zeppelin stole all their music uh, from the black man, the old black blues player. And so we can't really give it to them. Uh, the Clash, I never was a huge fan. ACDC is great. I mean, they simplified the uh, three-chord song. Hendrix is phenomenal. and But, I mean, let's be honest. Besides a handful of... Let's, I mean, be, let's be 100% real here. Besides a handful of songs that we all know that are great and playing the Star Spangled Banner, I mean, Hendrix... If he would have lived longer, maybe if he wouldn't have joined the twenty seven club or the uh, twenty seven club, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna go and Deep Purple. Deep Purple's kind of influential in the in metal for being one of the first bands out of the um, one at the new wave of British heavy metal in the 60s and 70s as it came over to the States. This is not the greatest band of all time, Susie, in the chat room. This is uh, just what their favorite was out of these. So I'm going to go with Sabbath also. Black Sabbath was probably the most influential out of all these, and probably as far as it comes, if we're talking about heavy music, when we used to do our little history of metal show, you know, everything seemed to come back to what, Sabbath did and how heavy Sabbath made things and kind of reinvented the wheel of heavy music. So I'm rolling with them. I'm going to go with Sabbath. But that's not the greatest band of all time. There's no way. I mean, how do you even do that? What do you base that on? Pop sensibility? Funky rhythms? Polymetric beats? I mean, how, how do you how do you even come to the greatest band of all time? It's like these lists Rolling Stone and Spin put out of the greatest song songs of all time, and you know they 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 put in those weird number ones and number twos, and you know they I, I don't know I don't know how you even come about to figure out what the greatest song of all time is because it's all opinionated still, right? Come on, agree with me. I think it'd be measured with a ruler or maybe they check for girth. Maybe that's how you measure what the greatest band will ever be. It's the girth. It's their girth. It's how girthy can they be? So I was going to come in here as Paul Harvey. My original plan was to come in here as Alex Jones, but I think I would have blown my voice out. And this week, Alex Jones, you know, kind of got thrown under the bus with a, billion dollars he has to pay back to the uh the people that were um hold on i'm i'm shooting uh <laughs> i just got derailed a billion freaking dollars he has to pay back to all the uh sandy hook families that he went and talked a bunch of shit for it's not it's 965 million but I cannot I don't how do you even do that? And is he going to lose his entire empire he's built? 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Alex Jones is a nut job. He's kind of fucking funny. I mean, I kind of... The shit he comes up with is is pretty wild. And some of the stuff he's thrown out there has stuck and become true. But I guess if you throw a bunch of shit at the wall, some of it is going to stick, right? I mean, that's the way that works. And he did bring us the awesome documentary of what happens in Bohemian Grove. Can't fault him for that. He snuck in like a freaking Navy SEAL. Like he was going in there to take out a bridge in the Viet Cong. And he got us that footage from uh, Bohemian Grove to where all the elites, including the Clintons, were bowing down and giving worship and penance to a giant owl effigy. It's kind of awesome. I mean, right? I mean, you hear all these stories and now you see that it's true. But 965 million. I don't think any of us have that in our wallets these days. And I don't know how he's going to pay that back. And I don't know if he'll ever be on the air again, or I guess he's still on the air doing his stuff, but can the courts just come in and go like, well, your studio's mine. Your microphones are mine. We can get like five bucks for these, at the pawn shop. And they just gradually dwindle it all down. 965 million is crazy. And will the families even ever see any of that? And what did the lawyers get off of that? That's what I want to know. What was their percentage? Man, those lawyers, I mean, just close the firm down. You're done. You just made a mint off of that if you actually ever see the money. I don't know how that works. Like, does it... Like, these huge settlements like this, how does that fucking work? Is there someone that, like, a bank has to pay that out and then you have to pay back the bank? Or, like, seriously, how does that work? I understand how small settlements work. But I have no idea over something that's, you know, over $100,000. Like, what do you do? How do you make sure you get that? It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm not going to say poor Alex Jones. He deserves it. He did talk a bunch of shit. You know, it does bring up the question of what you can say free speech-wise. You know, if you're saying stuff on your show, but he went over those lines. He went and and harassed these families and chased them down and got all in their face in the Alex Jones way. I don't know. He's a cretin. He is a cretin. Um, Saturday Night Live. I've I've been a fan of it for years. <laughs> And I, I haven't watched it any this season with this new cast, but I'll go in, watch it every once in a while, grab some. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Um, it's still a staple. It's one of those things like, you know, I guess comedians look at it. And I don't, where does Saturday Night Live live? In the 90s, it was, it was amazing. You went in there and you watched it every weekend to see, you know, who was going to be, who was hosting and, uh, what music, what musician was going to be there and, you know, what songs were they going to play? And it was always great. You know, some of the best performances I've ever seen, you know, were on Saturday Night Live. You got some, some badass Beastie Boys performances, uh, Pearl Jam. Um, who else rolled through there? Um, I think Rage Against Machine did it. 
it, you know, oh yeah, they did. Um, but anyway, there's this list that's out of bands that were banned from Saturday Night Live. They can never play it again. I was wondering, going to run through that because, as we know, people love lists. Everybody loves a list. So, um, starting at the top, Cypress Hill banned. Why? Because they lit up a joint the last time they played there. Um, and what's crazy is the last time they played there was 1993, and they played I Ain't Going Out Like That. Pretty genius. Just lit up a joint on stage, and I guess, well, I, can that ban you from uh, Saturday Night Live now? You can smoke in New York City, right? Um, System of a Down just kept dropping F-bombs during the entire thing. Um, especially while they played uh, BYOB. Um, they had agreed to the uh, five-second delay, but as you know, delay runs out, or maybe you don't know. In radio and TV, delay will run out, and you'll catch up to everything in live time, and you have to let it build back up. Well, if you're dropping a bunch of F-bombs, you run out of delay, and soon those get broadcasted. So they're not invited back. Of course, Sinead O'Connor, we know about that. She tore up a picture of the Pope, which I thought was hilarious. A lot of people thought she was sexy then, too. Never got it. Never got it. That was 1992. See, all these are during the peak of when SNL was badass in the 90s. Um, Fear, they played, and they brought in a bunch of, uh, of extra band members that were slam dancers, and they started running around the stage and slamming into each other. Then they started slamming into the crowd that was sitting out and uh, had a pit break out. And supposedly they caused thousands of dollars of damage to the set of Saturday Night Live. Meh. Did they? I don't know. Rage Against the Machine, uh, RoboTuner, uh, said something about this. And it wasn't just that the flag was hung upside down, because that's something uh, Tim Comerfield had always, if you'd ever seen him in the 90s, they had hung a uh, upside down American flags on their amps. And But it was the shredding during their second song that they started shredding and tearing up an American flag. And then they threw it. Supposedly, uh, Forbes had a bunch of people there uh, sitting in the audience, and he threw the flag into the uh, all the f- people that worked at Forbes, all the higher-ups and elites at Forbes. Um, Elvis Costello, like really like the most bubblegum bullshit, whatever. But he ended up, uh, when you do like Saturday Night Live from, uh, my knowledge is you do a bunch of, of rehearsals, uh, leading up to the show. The musician comes in about midweek and does rehearsals with everybody. And they go through the song, the two songs they're going to play, and it's all it's going to be those two songs, and they're given what you know they can and and can't do during those songs, and everything's kind of run through of how it's going to go. And uh, Elvis Costello decided at the last minute to play a different song, and um, 
it's kind of a weird thing because there are there are when you do when you're a band you do live televised performances you get paid for it uh and when all the paperwork is sent through saying you're going to play these two songs and these are the two songs that you're going to get paid for um <laughs> and you end up playing something else that you hadn't agreed upon it causes all sorts of chaos and it pissed uh Lauren Michaels off so and it just so happened that the song was against NBC and the evils of what commercial broadcasting is. Uh, the replacements can't play there because they were too drunk. Really? I mean, the replacements can't play there because of they were too drunk. And, but yet you can have... Um, Ashley Simpson, was it Ashley? Yeah. Just kind of do the Cotton Eye Joe across the stage as she was busted lip singing. I mean, come on. And Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa can never, which I don't think we have to worry about that anymore, right? Frank Zappa's gone, but he was permanently banned. Um, he was supposed to be the host and musical guest for an episode in 78. But he sucked and was a giant a-hole and they replaced him or they kicked him off the show um, at the, like the, he totally just would not work with the guest or cast. So they banned him, told him, get the hell out of here. So that's the list of Saturday Night Live <laughs> bands. There's another list of bands that are banned by Disney. 15 metal bands that are banned by Disney. This should be interesting. Cannibal Corpse, duh. You know, when you have a song called uh, Fucked with a Knife and Dead Human Collection and I Come Blood, of course Disney's not going to do anything with you. Exodus, come on, we knew that. Oh, the Dillinger Escape Plan are banned by Disney? Oh, man. Oh, because they got into a... Uh, got pissed at the uh, Disneyland House of Blues and yelled, fuck Disney and fuck the Disneyland House of Blues. Okay, that's neat. Machine Head. Why would they want to play do anything with Disney? Gallows. Every Time I Die. Cattle Decapitation, of course. Come on. They're too brutal. The Faceless. I don't even know who the fuck that is, but I'm going to go listen to them. The little quote under here says, Meshuggah, who I saw this week. I want to get in that. Uh, they're allowed to play there, but the Faceless, you're not on the list. <laughs> the Faceless can't play. But Meshuggah can play um, Disney facilities. Warbringer, Thy Art is Murder. I'm sure if you have murder or death or, you know corpse fucking in your name you're not going to be allowed to play disney a disney facility right the house of blues at disneyland or disney world skeleton witch skeleton witch is greatness they're freaking awesome why because they're skeletons and witches don't you have both in the haunted mansion come on this doesn't make sense stupid let live ex mortis Ice Nine Kills. Now, Ice Nine Kills was in town a few weeks ago. Uh, they opened for Slipknot. And I didn't go. 
but I had a friend that went, a fellow photographer that went, and said that their entire uh, live show is based off of a murder. And uh, tearing up a, a human corpse. And it's just super, super, super violent. And all their imagery is over the top. So I can see why Ice Nine Kills can't make it to to Disney. That I mean, you know, it'd be cool if they, like, you know, killed Snow White in their live show. I'd be down for that. I'd totally watch that. That'd be great. Hiro the Hero. I have no idea who this is. Uh, their band playing the House of Blues in Orlando. Uh, and they have no idea why. Hmm. Well, that was fun. That was neat. Those were two lists you get. Two lists. Um, I want to talk about, yeah, Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Last Tuesday? No, we did a show. I did the show with Susie last Tuesday. We went through the a uh, Fort Worth Weekly Music Awards, and I've gotten a lot of flack for that. Good. I mean, it's good flack. There's a lot of people pissed off about these uh, Music Awards, but you can go vote. Go to fortworthweekly.com. You'll see a band that says vote Music Awards. You can vote on there all you want. You may want to look at a, a bass player category and, you know, throw some love to your boy. Which camera do I look like? This one, this one, this one. I'm in there. Um, there's some good bands in there. I just wish the categories were more correct. If you go listen to our buddy Jeffrey Lord this week, he did a whole mock show of the award ceremony, in which he did his he did the the Lordies. And uh, I'm halfway through the episode. I was trying to finish it before the show, but um, today's been a rough day for me. I'm going to be honest. It's been a rough, hard day, and I took a nap um, to um, uh, contemplate coming over, uh, getting over depression, and letting animals uh, run freely through my neighborhood, and then uh, taking a shot of whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah, go listen to uh, the Funky Town podcast. Listen to his award, to Jeffrey Lord's awards, and then go over to the Fort Worth Weekly, and um. Check out that ballot. Throw some awards there. You got multiple email addresses? Use them. You can. Why not? You know a way to uh, use uh, Russian bots? Let me know. Because we're still trying to figure that whole thing out. Uh, yes, RoboTuner, the Lord did his Lordy's awards. Now we should do the Danzigs. That's something Matt and I have talked about for a long time. Um, we have put pen to paper. We're working something out. We'll get back to you on that. Maybe before show 500, which is in five weeks, if we make it to show 500. Um, so yeah, Wednesday night, um, went and saw a little, a couple of uh, little uh, Swedish bands, and one band, I guess technically they're from Florida, although they're all spread out across the country now. But I went and saw Torch, the Great Torch. So, so, so good. If you like, uh, you know, stoner doom metal, Torch, man, so fucking good. 
that still has a little bit of a pop appeal, you know, that makes you feel good. You need to go see some Torch. Torch is fantastic. Um, or listen to you some Torch. You'll never be able to see them again because this was their last tour. Sorry. Uh, like I said, they live across the country. Steve wasn't really feeling, uh, you know, it was difficult for him to work with the band since they're all spread out and wasn't really, you know, was just kind of tired of going all over the place. So, uh, since he's the lead, uh, front guy, lead guitarist, and he just kind of wanted to, um, step away and the rest of the band said, well, we're not going to go on without you. So we're going to step away which is the right way to do things. Um, but yeah, Torch is amazing. A great, great, great band. But the other um, bands uh, on the bill, one of them I hadn't seen in uh, probably about six years. And I was happy they were on the bill, but the band they replaced was who, you know, it's it's difficult. It's like trying to trying to choose which child you're going to save, you know, are you going to save this one? Or are you going to save that one? Um, on this Mashuga tour for half of it, converge was opening or taking the middle slot. And then a few week, a few shows before they got to Dallas, they swapped out and had in flames join them. I love both bands. I really, really, really do like, they're both like right there, you know, in my wheelhouse, but in flames is so goddamn good. So crazy. Um, I hadn't seen them since our buddy, uh, Chris Broderick, uh, joined them, uh, formerly of Megadeth. Uh, he became a buddy of ours at Nam when we kept ending up at all the same places and <laughs> looking at all the same things. And then we showed up at the same venues together and it was just funny because, the conversation came up of who's stalking who. And, uh, it was kind of funny seeing him come out. I was like, Holy shit. I know Chris was within flames. It's badass. Really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, Chris Broderick, um, is playing with them and it's just precision, clean metal from Sweden that you could play to your mom. I mean, it's heavy and, you know, there's some growling, there's some yelling, and that kind of happens when you're singing in English with a Swedish accent, but it's so good and so freaking like just a perfectly spot on every time they play. I mean, everything sounded so fucking good. And then, uh, Meshuggah came out and that is, um, I equivalent seeing Meshuggah live. I've seen them uh, live before and it was the exact same thing this time around. Uh, take a machine gun, point it right at your chest and just unload it. That's exactly what it feels like. I've never had that done. You know, I'm sitting here of course, but you just get pummeled and it's not just the, uh, a polyrhythms that are just firing at you in off counts. Um, which is Meshuggah's trademark. You know, it's the the light show that went along with it. When I've seen them before, they've opened for other bands, so they didn't have this giant production with them. In this production, everything was sync and triggered perfectly with the music. And it hurt. 
and it as a f- live music photographer, this was one of, if not the hardest show I've ever shot ever. It was insane. Um, but worth it. They're so fucking good. And to see those guys pull off what they do and be so talented and, you know, they've influenced so many modern metal bands, um, throughout the years and they they just completely created and defined an entire genre of metal on their own with their complex uh, playing and rhythm patterns. And then you throw in eight-string guitars and seven-string basses and crazy shit like that, and it just pushes it over the top. Um, they were phenomenal. Um, front to back, this set, or this lineup was a a show I was really, really excited about seeing. I'm glad I got to see it and glad I got to see Torch one last time before they said goodbye. And in a big venue, you know, Deep Elm's shit. I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of places down there that I like. Three Links is one of them. Uh, Trees is, you know, Trees is good. Um, Those two spots are about the only places I frequent. I could care less about everything else down there right now. Um, everything's a pain in the ass to get to, to play, um, to park. It's a complete pain in the ass. But I went down to, uh, got down there early. Well, not super early. I, I walked in the door right as Torch went on stage. So, But I got down there early enough to where I could park in the parking garage. If you haven't been down there in forever... During pandemic, they built a where the old bomb factory parking lot used to be right behind it. They built a parking garage with apartments on top of it. And I got there early enough to get a uh, a spot in that a parking garage and just ride the elevator down to the street, walk around to the bomb factory you're in or the factory. Let me not piss anybody off. We got to be woke here with the bomb factory. We have to call it the factory now. Whatever. Um, but yeah, the uh, factory is <laughs> probably my favorite mid-size venue in Dallas. It's better than Southside Ballroom by far. Sounds better no matter where you're at. Um, feels better. Like just the way everything is laid out feels better. Southside Ballroom's weird. I mean, you've got these these different mixed levels. You've got ways into the floor and weird spots. You've got you know weird angles and shit and all sorts of the bathrooms area sucks. Um, but the factory man, the way I always forget how beautiful and how good of a venue that is. Um. Uh, House of Blues might be second, maybe. I don't know when you when you think of mid-sized venues. I still haven't been over to the Echo. Need to make a run over there, uh, cover a show over there. But um, for my money, I'm going to say the Factory is the best mid-level venue in Dallas. Can't think of any more right now. If there's any more in the chat room, uh, let me know. So, um, I guess, what time is it here? 
9.06? How much have I recorded? Not even an hour yet. Wow, that's weird. That's crazy. Um, The only other stuff I got to hit on is um, on Thursday night is a meteor shower. It's a big meteor shower. It's one of the biggest of the years, and you're, we should be able to, even here in the city, uh, you should be able to go out between the hours of uh, 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. That's the peak of the shower. And see uh, a bunch of meteors with the naked eye. You probably, like uh, the next few mornings or maybe early evenings. Hell, maybe all night. Uh, but I would say more towards the early morning hours. You'll probably see some meteors. Like if you drive into work when it's still dark. I know one of our guys saw one this morning. Uh, we actually saw one last week too. A few of us saw it pretty big, uh, bright green as it blew across the horizon. It felt like it was, um, you know, just landed up by the, by the racetrack or something like we, it felt really, really close when we saw it come down. But, um, this is a big, uh, meteor shower this week. I can't remember the name of it. I've gone completely blank when it's come i was gonna look it up real quick uh i've got a whole thing that's that talks about what's coming up this week but i can't remember what it is i can't remember this meteor shower but anyway it's a big ordeal um is this the ornids it is the ornids okay so it's the ornids and um it's a pretty big one um, not the biggest. I think the biggest is next month or the first of December. Usually the biggest one of the years, the Persids, right? I get them all mixed up. But anyway, it's going to be huge. Um, go out, look up, check it out. Uh, you should be able to see some. They say that at times it could be up to 75 an hour. Now, in the city, you're probably not going to see that. But if you go out in the country, which I'm going to do, I'm going to go camping on Thursday night and Friday night and shoot the sky and see what I can come up with. <clears throat> Hopefully something decent. Going camping with a, with a group, a new group of people that I've never camped with before. That kind of makes things a little you know, nervous, you don't know, you know, camping with people is, is, is a big trust thing. You know, you never know what could happen out in the woods. Like, uh, you know, what if, what if Jason comes from the bottom of a lake and you've all got to help each other defend yourself? I don't know what kind of skills, these survival skills, these guys have. We've never camped before. So I don't know if, if, if they would survive an attack from a Jason type character, these are factors that go through your head. You've got to understand what if we're out there and a farmer has an exotic farm and decides to let loose a bunch of animals while we're out there, how are we going to survive? Are these guys I'm camping with, are they good at survival tactics? We've got to figure that out. I mean, can we make a fire? Can we make a toilet? If need be, what if a blizzard comes in? Can we make a shelter? Have any of them ever watched Alone? That's the big question. 
Have you watched alone? Can you survive in that situation? So that's what we got to know. You know, if a giant Bengal tiger comes rolling through camp, do we freeze? Do we lay down? Do we stand up and yell at it? No, you don't do that. You don't do that at all. You know, these are these are survival tactics you got to know. But then what if you get hungry? Do you know how to noodle a catfish out of a hole? I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> these are things you need to know when you just go camping. If I get hungry and I want some catfish, can you noodle one out of a hole for me? I can noodle something else out of a hole, but it ain't a catfish. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week, the lead up to the Ornids. Um, solar system action will uh, culminate between October 14th and the 21st. So, yeah, you're already being able to see some stuff. But the peak night is going to be um, this Thursday. Um it's when we pass through the comet tail and the most meteors will fall through the earth. The reason they're called the Ornids is because if you look towards the Orion constellation, that's where they fall from. Um, if you can get somewhere where there's, where there's little to no light noise, light pollution, um, you should be able to see, uh, quite a bit I don't see a number here right now. Yeah, I don't see it. But it goes through Friday, like Friday morning. Um, the cool thing is the moon rises pretty late in the night. So on Thursday night, of course, as this is happening... Uh, at 2 a.m. The moon will rise at 2 a.m. But it's going to be uh, a waning crescent moon, 23%. And on Friday, it'll rise at 3.03 a.m. And it will be at 15%. So go out. Go out Thursday. Go out Friday night. Friday night, you don't have anything to do. You know, the, uh, and you have nothing going on Saturday. Drive out the middle of nowhere. Lay down. Look at the sky. I can tell you where to go. One of the best places to go is uh, right out west. You can go to, um, well, shit, it's not open anymore, is it? Well, fuck me, because last time I went out there, there was a gate. But I was going to say the um, Palo Pinto Mountain State Park that they're currently building has a nice place where you can kick back by the hills and look up, and there's no light pollution out there, a little bit from Abilene. But it's like an hour and a half to get out there. Um, if you want another place to go to, uh, Meridian State Park. It's pretty dark down there. Uh, Cransfields Gap. There's a place down there you can go. There's a church down there that I've shot quite a bit. That's about an hour and a half, two hour drive. But it's worth it. You get to lay down and see some stars falling from the sky. It's amazing. It's good times. And then um, I'm going to come home Saturday. 
to get ready for the Cowboy game as the Cowboys have Detroit Lions in town. And we're going to get Dak back, which, I mean, that doesn't really matter to me, but Dak will be back playing, and uh, hopefully this will be a win, right? Right, guys? Right? We'll go 5-2? Uh, and two? Is that right? <laughs> Something like that? I don't know. I haven't looked at this chart lately either to see who's in the lead. But uh, I guess I should do that real quick. Why y'all are... I had Philly as a win. Oh, shit. I fucked that one up. Hmm. Uh, Andrew and Matt had his loss. That's good. I have this week as a win. So hopefully it'll be a win, right? I don't know. We'll see. But that's pretty much all I got. Next week, uh, I know there's a few people in the chat room asking about this, and I'm I'm actually getting text messages right now about it. Yes, Pussifer is next week. It is next Wednesday night at uh, the auditorium at Will Rogers uh, Memorial Auditorium at the Convention Center downtown, you know, or on the outside of downtown, where uh, Amplified 817 was. It's going to be very interesting seeing Pussifer in a venue like that, uh, especially that small. Um, that's going to be a good time. I think a real, real good time. I hope it's a little bit, I hope they're still playing off of the, the tour we saw a few months ago, um, at SMU. Um, the visuals in that show were crazy. Um, I do know some one that has tickets for sale. If anybody's looking for them. Uh, close to face value, like really, really close to face value. If anybody wants to go, um, you can still find some tickets out there at face value pretty much. Um, it's well worth it. It's a night of fun. Like uh, Stubbs and I said, when that show happened, it's like going to see a play. So it's totally worth the price of admission. And even if you don't really know or understand their music or really get it, it's still really 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 worth seeing it's an amazing show so that's next wednesday next tuesday uh we're supposed to have the me thinks in here because uh the following saturday the 29th is the show at lola's me thinks release show album release with um uh some other bands i mean you know whatever i mean do we really care we're here for the me thinks right the me thinks the are are our fort worth treasure they're fort worth greatness and um i mean there's a band called the spectacle playing with them too but you know those guys are spare <laughs> but yes uh the me thinks shows next week and if you haven't seen it on social media on facebook whatever the first um hundred people that show up at the show get a free me thinks cape that's pretty amazing um the me thinks always do uh crazy bits at their shows 
If you've never been to one of the release shows, you got to come to this one. They're so much fun. They get really chaotic. And it's at the new Lola's outside. And hopefully it'll be cold like this. And it's Halloween weekend, so you can wear a costume. We're going to be costumed up. It's going to be shocking, but we're going to be in a cool costume. So come out and uh, be a part of it. And other than that, that's what's been going on. That's what's will be going on. And um, I think, uh, let's see, what else do I have? The only other thing I have right now, chat room, did I miss anything? Let me double check with you guys. We got anything in there? We got to name our chat room. That's a good name for it. The Hussy House. That's what I wanted to call it. I thought that was funny. The Hussy House. Yep, I guess that's it. So let me play this right here, and I'll uh, I'll see you next week. And uh, let's pray for Stubbs to be back. If you if you've got his number, send him some words of encouragement. Um, help lift his spirits on this day. And you know he's going through stuff. He needs your help. So ju- just shoot him a text message or an email, or maybe some thoughts on uh, the socials. Hit him up on his wall. Be like, you know, we miss you. We love you. And uh, we hope you make it through this, buddy. So anyway, (laughs) he'll be back next week. And um, I guess all I can do now is do this. Now you know the rest of the story.